A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm an award-winning blogger, YouTuber, life coach, badass entrepreneur, manifester and author. My mission is to awaken and to inspire women to live their best lives now and to find their purpose in life. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and to start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast episodes today. I am super excited to have the lovely Rob Mack with us today. So Robert Mack is an Ivy League educated celebrity happiness coach, positive psychology expert, published author of Happiness from the Inside Out and TV host, personality and producer for Own and E. Robert's work has been endorsed by Oprah, Vanessa Williams and many others. Robert's first book, Happiness from the Inside Out, The Art and Science of Fulfillment, is celebrity-endorsed and critically acclaimed. It has been translated into various other languages, including Chinese. What an introduction. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. I so appreciate uh, you for all the work you do and for having me in this conversation. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And I'm so excited to talk all things happiness with you today. It's actually a topic we haven't covered on the podcast yet. So I knew that this was going to be the perfect episode for you to come on and share your pearls of wisdom. So the first question that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast is, when did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? Oh my goodness. What a great question. I love that question. Um, You know, I feel like I've been... uh, awakening since um i was born <laughs> I was sort of i feel like i was born with like divine discontent because as early as i remember being alive i also remember being depressed like really unhappy just self-loathing uh self-hating and uh you know just miserable and over time i sort of thought or expected to grow out of that um but it didn't happen <laughs> despite um doing pretty well academically and doing well athletically my depression and self-loathing and um just deep dysphoria and really even depression continued to grow and deepen into the place and point that I was actually suicidal. So, you know, I experienced suicidal ideation for a solid decade. Um, You know, I'd always dreamed of being a professional basketball player that didn't quite work out. Um, And I get to a place where I eventually decided I would research the means and methods to kill myself because I just couldn't get past this idea that we all work so hard to achieve these things that ultimately weren't bringing me happiness and we lose uh, one day eventually all the people and things we care about the most and that that that, that thought just uh, wouldn't leave me alone so I eventually did the research decided I would slit my wrist went into the kitchen grabbed a steak knife rammed it into my wrist and 
you know, something very odd and very unexpected happened at that moment when, you know, despite sort of the external or objective conditions and circumstances of my life not changing at that point, I subjectively on the inside, I felt different. I felt um, a peace and a love and even bliss that was inexplicable and indescribable. I mean, it was really ineffable. And at that moment, I couldn't quite make sense of it because I was like, well, my life hasn't changed, but I feel just fine. <laughs> I feel great for the first time in my life. And so at that point, I decided to postpone the suicide for, you know, like an hour. I mean, it was no more than that. But that hour bled into several days and uh, those bled into several weeks. And looking back now, it's been a couple decades. But the entire time I did a lot of research. And so that was really the beginning of me coming around to a realization, a recognition that there was more to life than what I was thinking about, right? Than what I knew. And, um, you know, so I'd say that was the beginning of a real emotional or really it was a spiritual awakening. Um, but I spent the rest of my life trying to understand it and integrate it um, and apply it. And uh, looking back, it's just now when I'm really coming to terms with what really happened in that moment. It's incredible. And our stories are actually very similar, but my awakening happened when I wanted to end my life as well. And, you know, thank you for sharing so openly that because I think, you know, myself and a lot of others can probably really relate to that story and that, that bliss. And I remember my soul almost just like kicking in at that point and being like, come on, stop fighting this. You know, you know why you're here, you know what you're meant to do. So it definitely sounds like that was the same experience for you. Wow. We are cut from the same cloth. And I always um, sort of half jokingly say, I don't really trust anyone unless they've contemplated suicide or at least been deeply depressed in their lives because uh, it puts you in touch with what really truly matters and what truly doesn't. And I think that the difference sort of between um, sort of being depressed and being enlightened is uh, just really one thought. Really. And it's not always one additional thought. It's not necessarily one more positive thought. It's often one less thought. Um, but yeah, that the, the um, you know, we, tend to pathologize things uh, here in the world, particularly in the States and or parts of Europe, right? We, we, we want to make the depression into something that's wrong with us. Uh, but ultimately, it might be that something is very right with us. And we just need a little coaching and guidance to, you know, make the next step, you know, towards enlightenment, towards peace, towards happiness. What a beautiful way to look at it, though. Like, maybe there's not something wrong with you. Maybe there's something right with you. Absolutely. I've never heard that before, but I'm like, yes, Rob. Yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Emma. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's um, unfortunate, you know, it's, uh, you know, look at the world. Um, and even, you know, this is it. Yes, we're going through, you know, particularly challenging times right now. Um, but, you know, to a large extent, you know, um, the world has always been a relatively crazy place. You know, you say relative to what, but not relative to anything other than what we know it could be, right? It's just a crazy place. And often the values that drive us as a society or a culture or as a population of people, you know, um, they're at odds with what we know to be true about peace and love and happiness. And it would make you not only extraordinarily insensitive person, but extremely unintelligent person to not be affected in some way what's going on in the world to not feel depressed at times to not feel anxious or upset or worried and that's all you know that's pre-pandemic so pandemic mm -hmm. only exaggerates all that but yeah i definitely uh think there is something right with you if you're feeling depressed and there can be something even more right with you um that you'll discover um, as you take steps in the direction of your own peace and your own happiness and self-love 
Amen to that. So your work and teachings are mainly on happiness. So what does happiness mean to you? Yeah. So um, happiness is what you are. You know, in the beginning of my journey, I was convinced that happiness was what I had <laughs> or what I achieved or what I acquired or accomplished. Um, and then over time, I became to think, oh, well, maybe happiness is what I do. It's taking the vacation. It's going to the party. And then I began to see through that. And then at some point, you get to a place where you're like, well, happiness isn't what you have or own. It's not your reputation or power or position. It's not your name or fame. It's not your money. And it's also not necessarily what you do. Happiness is maybe what you think. Maybe it's a state of mind. And that's the place from which I wrote, you know, happiness from the inside out, that it was really about thinking in positive ways. And that for sure, all these things, you know, doing happy things and thinking happy thoughts is infinitely better than thinking unhappy thoughts or doing unhappy things. That being said, happiness is not what you do. It's not what you think. It's what you are. It's not a state of mind. It's not a state of mood. It's a very, it's your very state of being. It's your true nature and it's your uh, original face. And so what that means ultimately is that happiness is life itself, that life, naked life, like, like undecorated, like uncensored, unedited, that life within you, not the world that you see, not circumstance conditions, but the life that you are that is within you, that non-physical energy itself is perfect happiness. And you know that because when your mind is quiet, just despite what challenging or adverse conditions and circumstances you might be experiencing, when your mind is quiet, you're at perfect peace. And that peace is alive. It's a stillness, but that stillness sings. You know, it's a silence, but that silence celebrates. You know, it's a spaciousness, but that spaciousness dances. And so it's a live peace. And that's the way I would best describe happiness. But it's not what you do. It's not what you think. It's what you are. I love that. Such a beautiful way to look at it, definitely. So let's talk about your book then. How can we find happiness from the inside out? Yeah. So, you know, in the beginning, you just want to start by trusting what you feel on the inside, right? So one of the best things you can do is just start identifying the people, places, things, and activities that allow you to feel increasingly happy. Now, in the beginning, we often mistake pleasure for happiness. And so, yes, happiness is pleasurable, but pleasure isn't happiness and happiness isn't pleasure. But that's where we start, okay? So, you know, the best life consists of pleasure, but it doesn't only consist of pleasure. So you start with that, and then you create what we call a happiness science list. And you try to make more and more of your life about living on those happiness islands, those activities with those people in those places that make you feel increasingly happy. Um, but then as, over t- as time goes on, you'll also notice that you want to add happy thoughts to that list. And so, you know, it's so easy to know when the, when the stove is hot, for instance, right? It's so easy to know when something hurts. And so when you think of thought that hurts, whether it's true or not, it's not helpful, right? And so we start also adding that and we start telling better feeling stories based in truth about everything and everybody in our life. And we do it no matter what, and we do it simply to feel good. So when you combine these two things, doing happy things with thinking happy thoughts, you get closer and closer to a realization that while happy things and happy thoughts tend to produce happy feelings, or it seems that way, that it's still a lot of work, right? Like, you know, spending your whole life trying to chase happy things and trying to chase happy thoughts it can be a little exhausting and underneath that is a little bit of anxiety, like a low level anxiety. And so eventually once you get to a place where you're, you know, choosing the happy activity, sure. And you're choosing the happier thought. Absolutely. But more than that, you're choosing not to think at all that when you Swiffer vacuum, do laundry, you're in conversation with someone and you're just simply listening when you're walking, when you're driving, you can simply enjoy your own presence, that thoughtless, wordless 
faceless, formless, infinite, eternal presence that you are, the awareness that you are. That experience, that the experience of your own naked existence, okay, um, is itself happiness. And so you want to spend more and more of your time just practicing the presence, practicing being present. Um, but if you put all these things together, you're going to need to start at the beginning of the list with the things that are more action-oriented, move to the things that are more thought-oriented, and eventually you get to a place where it's mostly presence-oriented or awareness-oriented. Um, but yeah, if you combine those three things, three things, you can't go wrong. Amazing. And being present is such a big part of it, isn't it? Like I, I found myself that when I can pull myself into the present moment, that's where my true happiness is, has sort of lied as such. And the power is in the present moment. And, and, and to kind of flip this on the manifesting law of attraction, the theme here, you know, we were even speaking about this just before we started recording, Rob, how, you know, our, how, what the things we say, our thoughts, we attract things. So really, you know, if you're going to look at it from a law of attraction perspective, it's really saying, you know, like good creates good. When you focus on the good, the good gets better. When you focus on happy things that are going well in your life you're going to manifest even more situations people places conversations that bring even more happiness to you so what's your take on on that side of things yeah just love that um so many thoughts there i mean that was so beautifully and eloquently put you know i think that the, the challenge and the opportunity in relationship so it's relationship with other people relationship with life relationship with money relationship with weight loss or health um the, the challenge and the opportunity is to um as they say pick up the mirror and not the magnifying glass, right? So the temptation is always to, you know, look out into the world and blame someone or something for your lack of abundance, prosperity, health, wealth, true success or happiness. And that's of course always a uh, sort of wrong-headed approach that instead you wanna look within yourself and, and remember and remind yourself that, you know, when you go within, you never go without, that when you can find that, peace and the happiness, the love that you're searching for, or the experience or feeling of abundance or true wealth or health within yourself, despite not having the things or the people that you want to have, you first of all have the true treasure already. The only reason we want to achieve, accomplish, or acquire anything at all is because we're after a feeling. We're after the experience of abundance. We're after the feeling or experience of health or of peace or of love. And you can have that feeling without or with the trappings of success. So the trappings of uh, prosperity or abundance. You can have that feeling all by yourself right now if you just fell asleep and had a dream. And we often do that all the time. We have a dream that something is real and yet we wake up to find that it was not real, that it was just dreams. So you can have that feeling by itself. When you are able to intentionally experience the feeling place of what it is that you want, you tend to find, as you let out into the world, that whatever it is you thought you needed to feel happy, to feel peaceful, to feel abundant, or to feel loved, all of a sudden, because you don't need them, they suddenly show up, right? So it's like mm -hmm. that expression, needing nothing attracts everything. Now, that's the one level, you know, from a psychology perspective, we could talk about that in terms of confirmation bias. We can talk about that in terms of selective perception or selective attention or self-fulfilling prophecies. And we know from science that that's all true. And so part of it is, well, suddenly you buy a yellow car and you see a yellow car everywhere. Are there more yellow cars on the road suddenly since you bought one? Maybe not, maybe, but for the most part, probably not, but you're now seeing them where they always existed before. Now you're just paying more attention. But there's a deeper level to this too, and we know from the science as well from our own personal experiences that when you get happy, that's really what we're talking about, when you get happy, you attract increasingly successful outcomes in practically every area of your life, right? And so 
the happier people in the world, they live longer, six to seven years longer. They make more money, $600,000 to $700,000 more on average over the course of their entire lifetime. It's in US dollars. They get married earlier, they stay married longer, and they're happier in all the relationships, whether they're married or not, because we know it has nothing to do with marriage, it has to do with happiness, right? We know that they experience less job burnout. We know that everything tends to go better for them, and it goes better for them because they're happy. It's not that they get, you know, uh, things are going better and then they become happy because we know success doesn't lead to happiness. Happiness leads to success. So happiness isn't only the greatest success, it also leads to success. So in all ways, you know, getting happy improves your life objectively, not just subjectively, not just on the outside and not just in terms of perception in real tangible outcomes, it changes your life. And so that is, you know, I'd say the, the place that I sort of come from, um, you know, and, and then I'd say that there's another level to that, which essentially is that we don't attract anything we, um, and we don't manifest anything. We simply um, experience that which is within us all along, right? So it's only just mm. sort of it's an unfolding experience. But in, in any case, we can um, you know, talk about it from a number of perspectives. But the basic idea is that happiness is the master key to pretty much anything else you want in your life. Absolutely. And I agree a hundred percent with everything you just said there. And I love how you bring the scientific aspect into it as well, because it, it is so true. So big question for you then, Rob. What- Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What do you think is the number one reason why people don't feel happy in their life? Yeah, they think too much. <laughs> they think too much, you know. I remember discovering like Abraham Hicks and Ernest Holmes and, you know, I mean, every Catherine Ponder, all these people, um, and Fox that I just love to this day, incredible authors and teachers. And boy, did they help me to turn my life around. And, and I suddenly also discovered that the mind is a fantastic problem solver. Okay? It's really good at, pro- at solving problems. And it's also good at creating problems. It's like the greatest problem solving instrument in the world. It's also the greatest troublemaker in the world ever. And the mind will create problems with one hand and solve with the other. So despite me finding all these positive thinking um, tips, tricks, and tools and techniques, um, I would sometimes, very often, make a problem of it all. So uh, once I discovered how sort of um, attractive thought can be or attractive happiness can be, 
I suddenly began to worry and become anxious <laughs> that I was, I thought a negative thought or I had a tough day and all of a sudden I was going to attract all these negative experiences. And that was quite overwhelming to me. And it becomes another problem then I began to solve for. And so, you know, I think um, there, there is certainly something and I will always, always recommend positive thinking over negative thinking. But at the end of the day, the best thing you could possibly do is to practice the presence, practice being present, but then going deeper than that. So instead of focusing on that which exists in your environment, instead of always being focused on your sense perceptions, right? And, um, you know, going deeper and noticing and feeling and experiencing and enjoying that non-physical life energy that you are. You can feel it inside your hands, inside your feet, inside your body. Spending more time communing with that, I call it God. You might call it source, you can call it love, you can call it anything you want. It doesn't matter what you call it. The point is not to call it, but to call on it. In other words, to commune with it and to practice the presence of it. And that it is you, right? And so that for me has been probably the most powerful attraction tool in the entire world. It's also been the most powerful transformational tool in the whole world. Whereas before I would try to force myself to change in X, Y, and Z ways. Now I simply practice the presence and I change in ways that I've been wanting to change my entire life, but because I'm not depending on changing, um, you know, those things about me, I'm not making my happiness attached or contingent upon it or dependent upon it. All of a sudden I get happy and, you know, regardless of not being this perfect human self, all of a sudden I find that I'm making progress in ways that require a lot less time, energy, and effort. So I'm not sure if that answers your question um, exactly. Um, But yeah, that's been my discovery. Incredible. And, you know, it, it is so amazing what you've just said there, because I think a lot of people seek that, don't they? They want that, that happiness and that fulfillment with the least work possible. So yeah, I think just really you sharing that is, is that answer is that key to success? Definitely. So let's switch up the topic a little bit. So you're also known as a celebrity love coach. So what would be your top tips for making love last in a relationship? Oh boy, isn't that the question, Emma? <laughs> Such a great question. Um, so first and foremost, you know, get happy. If you care about love, get happy. Happiness leads to love. In fact, I'd say that love is just your happiness shared, right? It's just your self-love shared. So get happy, you know. The challenging opportunity with relationships is that, you know, they tend to seem to encourage you to blame the other person. But when you blame the other person, you blame any circumstance condition. You, you know, render yourself powerless to really make any changes um, yourself. So you're giving all your power away. And so you don't want to do that. You want to take all your power back, which means taking responsibility for how happy you are. And the happiest relationships consist of two independently happy people. And so the greatest thing you can do to serve your current relationship, if you want a happy relationship, or to attract happier partners that will also make you or encourage you to be happier and enhance your happiness, can't ever give you happiness, but they can enhance your happiness or you know, participate in your happiness, um, is to get happy yourself. And so you've got to prioritize happiness above love. The reason you want to be in love, the reason you want to be in relationship is because you want to be happy. And people forget that all the time. They're like in love, but miserable. I don't call that love. You know, that's pseudo love. That's ego. That might be lust. It might be distraction. It might be entertainment, but that's not love. If love isn't happy, it's not love. If love isn't free, it's not love, right? And so you want to prioritize happiness above love and above relationship. Now, happiness and love to me are synonymous, right? So it's, they're not two different things. They're two ways of seeing the same thing. They're not two ener- different energies, the same energy perceived from two different perspectives. When you're happy and you're by yourself, you just call it happiness. When you're happy and you're with people, 
you call it love. I call it love, right? And so be happy and trust and know that that happiness, when shared, is love. And so we want to encourage everybody to become more like a rain cloud. You know, a rain cloud fills itself out with as much happiness as humanly possible, right? And it fills itself out with so much happiness and peace and self-love as it can. And then, you know, inexplicably, without an expectation of reciprocity, it just suddenly, because it can't contain itself and it has to relieve itself, it has to unburden itself, it just showers the entire earth indiscriminately and unconditionally with that love, with those showers. And so we want to be more like that, where love isn't a burden, it's not a negotiation, it's not a business affair. It's a joy, it's a pleasure, it's a privilege, and it's an opportunity to simply express and share your happiness, not to get anything back, but just because it feels so good to share it. And so the master key there, again, is just, you know, find your own happiness and don't make, don't route it through other people and other things. If you just took that one tip to heart, that one tip would take you all the way home. You know, we know that happiness leads to happy relationships, you know, um, and happiness also is attractive, like literally and figuratively, meaning that happy people are rated as more attractive, right? So we can show experimental groups, you know, in a country, basically two pictures of, your, of you. One will be you smiling, one will be you not smiling. And practically everybody rates the picture of you smiling as more attractive. They rate you as a more attractive individual than the other person, right? And so the idea here is that happiness is attractive in all ways. And contagious as well. Like when someone's happy and you feel their positive vibes, like you instantly feel like, oh my God, I want to be around that person. I want to feel happy too. And it, it washes over you, doesn't it? The positivity and the happy vibrations as such. And Oh, so true, Emma. Like beautifully said. That's exactly right. We know that emotion is the most highly contagious element on the planet. Way more contagious than a virus, way more contagious than any illness that's ever been discovered. Emotion. You can, you know, um, infect other people with your emotion through the phone, through your email, through social media. We literally do it all the time, right? And um, so, yes, happiness is extraordinarily contagious and infectious. Absolutely. And another thing you touched on as well, which I really want to talk about, is when you said, you know, it's giving without that expectation of receiving anything. And I think a lot of the times, you know, I've definitely had it in my past, and I think with every relationship, not just romantic we can sometimes put conditions or expectations on love. And I think, you know, that's where a lot of people fall down. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So conditional happiness is not happiness, right? So it's like um, uh, every time you put a condition on happiness, you actively and actually place a hurdle between you and happiness, which is kind of ridiculous. It's like intentionally putting obstacles in your own way. <laughs> so what we often think of as opportunities to be happy in the future or to find love in the future or to find peace or success or abundance in the future are not opportunities to be happy later. They are obstacles to being happy now, right? So they're not opportunities for happiness later. There is no happiness later. There's only happiness now when the later moment shows up, but it will show up as a now moment. And you will find that because of the way the, the mind works, it will always put hurdles in front of you. It will, you know, if you've got a future-oriented mindset, you've got to solve for that now because when you get to the future, I promise, you're going to take that future-oriented mindset with you and you think it's just $100,000 or $500,000 that you know, gets you to a place where you'll eventually be happy or it's marriage, but I promise all of a sudden that horizon, <laughs> you haven't gotten even an inch closer to realizing. And so it's suddenly it's going to become a million dollars, $10 million. It's going to be two kids and then it's going to be kids graduating and then it's going to be kids getting great jobs and it's endless. Mm -hmm. And so again, it brings us back 
you know, to the sort of present moment that happiness is unconditional or it's not real happiness. And so, you know, like lots of people experience this like gap between two periods of unhappiness or a gap between two periods of lovelessness or loneliness. But we don't call that love. We don't call that happiness. That's just preparation for more unhappiness. That's preparation for more conflict or loneliness. You know, a gap between two wars is not peacetime. That is just preparation for another war. And so you want to be in a place, in a space where, and find that place in, in space that's within you. It's a placeless place and a spaceless space within you that is eternally and infinitely happy. It's not just a gap or preparation for more unhappiness. It's not attached to a condition. It's not attached to anything that's fleeting or temporary or ephemeral. It's attached to something that's infinite and eternal and permanent, for lack of a better word. And so there's something within you that is you that is that already. And mm -hmm. so as tempting as it is to make the world or other people or other things responsible for your happiness, it just doesn't work that way. Pleasure works that way. But true, lasting, abiding, and meaningful happiness is, again, it's not what you do. It's not what you have. It's no circumstances or condition. It's literally who and what you are when you're not lost in thought. I love it. Beautiful. So my last question to you today then, Rob, is what is one piece of life advice that you would like to give my listeners today? Yeah. Um, practice the presence, right? So practice being present. So the actor Vince Vaughn always described it as having the mind where the body is, right? But it's more than that too. I would say, um, you know, noticing thoughts as they occur and noticing them without judgments as they surface and then letting them go and bringing your focus and attention back to the experience of, let's say, your breath. In the beginning, that's a good place to start with the breath, where you just do everything for its own sake and you try to enjoy everything more. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be literally brushing your teeth. Can you enjoy brushing your teeth more by feeling more and thinking less, by enjoying more and thinking less? So that means paying more and more attention to what you're feeling in your body, in your hand, in your mouth, as you're brushing your teeth or as you're washing the dishes. And then over time, we want you to get dialed back from focusing on the body. And this put more focus, time, energy, and attention on that thoughtless, wordless energy that exists inside of you and doing it without letting thoughts get in the way. And as thoughts surface or occur, you just let them go with love and you bring your focus and experience back to that. And you trust that and you have faith that's, got, that's going to protect you, that it's going to prepave the way for you. It's going to perfect the way ahead for you. It's going to provide for you and that it's provision itself. And so if you can practice that more and more, just that one thing, if you never did anything else, but you know, every time you thought about it, you practice this micro meditation or you practice this, you know, what I call practicing the presence you would quickly discover that it would transform your life, both subjectively and objectively, both on the inside and the outside, in ways that you could never script, plan, or plot. And so that's the one thing I would encourage everyone to do, to spend as much time as humanly possible enjoying their own presence, even when we're with other people, and even when they're doing other things. And the best and most enjoyable way to do that is by just letting the mind go and reminding yourself that you're not a mind, although you have a mind. You're not a body, although you have a body. You're essentially something that goes beyond the mind, beyond the body. You might call it spirit, but it's happiness itself. Yes, literally. Yes, yes, yes to all of that. So amazing. So let's talk about your new book that's coming out soon then, Rob. What can we expect? Yeah, so, you know, it's, um, and this, you know, from, from, from one author to another, I'm just so inspired by you, and I really am. And so, 
Joy from the Inside Out is um, sort of the sophomore, <laughs> my sophomore release. It's a follow-up to Happiness from the Inside Out. Happiness from the Inside Out, you know, uh, man, I wrote that like over 10 years ago. And um, this is like the next sort of graduated level in that. The, ha- Joy from the Inside Out is really a hybrid of prose and poetry. And so each page has lots of white space and it's mostly just a pithy, punchy expression, saying, or aphorism. It's really a meditation, okay, that embodies an entire teaching. So it might be just two lines. It might be four words. It might be, you know, three or four or five lines, but it's meant to capture an entire teaching. And the idea is to read just simply one, you know, page, which is just this tiny little verse, like a sutra, and, you know, meditate on it and try to feel it and experience it before you move on to the next one. So Joy from the Inside Out is all about letting go of your need and desire to solve problems in order to find happiness and instead seek happiness by putting your problems aside and you'll discover in time that with very little time, energy and effort, sometimes no time, energy and effort, your problems are either solved, meaning that the solution occurs to you sometime when you're meditating or showering or doing something else, or they're dissolved, meaning you suddenly see through the problem and you realize the problem isn't a problem to begin with, that the real problem was never the problem you thought was the problem, but instead was a mind that simply couldn't cr- stop creating problems, right? And so that's what Joy From the Inside Out is all about. It's about its brevity and simplicity, you know, and its finest, and really just helping people to dial in to the wisdom that's within themselves already. How exciting. Well, I can't wait to get my hands on a copy of it. Um, so Rob, tell everybody where they can find you if they want to learn more about your work. Yes, you can find me. Um, at coachrobmack.com. That's my website. You can also find me on all social media um, you know, platforms, most notably Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at robmack, M-A-C-K, official. And you can find my book, Happiness from the Inside Out and Joy from the Inside Out, everywhere great books are sold, including Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Brilliant. Well, it has been such a beautiful pleasure speaking to you today Rob I have loved our conversation so much it has been so insightful and thank you so much for sharing your pearls of wisdom with the world and good luck with the book launch thank you so much I am so deeply grateful for you Emma and I love the work you're doing and I especially love who and what you are I mean you're just full of love and light and you've been nothing but like gracious and kind to me and I'm just so um deeply um in your debt for just you know sharing time and energy with me so thank you So thank you so much guys for joining us for another podcast episode today. I really hope you've enjoyed Rob and I's conversation. As always, you can find a clickable link to Rob's website and all of his information in the description box down below. You can also find more about myself, my coaching and everything else I have to offer like my videos, etc. all on my website, emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much guys for joining me today. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon. And don't forget you can join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a great week, whatever you are up to, and I'll see you all in my next podcast episode, which will be next week. Lots of love, guys. 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.